Hey friends, Max Kirkham, executive producer for It's Personal, speaking today with my good friend, Giovanna Frediani, about her performance from our Bitches Get Personal show in June 2020. A lyrically dark and powerful witness to death and rebirth, Gio's piece is about what men can do, how women can be made stronger by the experience, and the freedom that can come with it. It's a beautiful poem and a powerful lesson. Let's get personal. She moves, she slithers. She kisses, he quivers. He wants a bite of her ripe fruit. She takes him into her garden only to loot. Mother Eve, he was so weak. Take blame for what he wanted to seek. A girl just wanting to be loved. She walked into his church just hoping to be hugged. By a warm embrace, no fear, no trace. What she would find was she's out of her mind to trust that vine, for it was just rust from his old sacred lust. He lit this heart on fire. We wanted to feel, conspire. He took me in. He told me it was no sin, that it was all right. And then he set me alight. I burned, I melted. I died and I felt it. But little did he know, gods never die. So neither did I. Alas, my light, I will swallow you like the flame you are to burn you away from the inside, leaving nothing but char. Because your rule dies when you swallow your lies and choke on the smoke that you once spoke. Well, that got him on his knees, begging, save me if you please. I let him know. I'm no professional. Baby, this is just a confessional. And then I take a light to my red bottoms. I must. And I watched him burn. Because they tried to make us Christian girls learn. In God, we trust. Now, I'm a woman of the world. Neither here nor there, don't have a domain or a claim to my name. I watched it die with the rest of his dwindling flame. And as I stepped from the ash, here, because she was nowhere. I turned away from the sin to be faithful to the survival. The time has come that we realize we are his arrival. Together, we rewrite the etches in stone, forever changing what time has sown. We are a new, a new species, a new sex. We are the daughters, the sisters, the motherfuckers. We aren't just some vex. Seduce me, strip me of what I'm worth. Give me your worst. I want all of your pain. Drag me down to the deep dark depths of hell where you reign. Lay waste to my intoxicated being, so warm and supple, 
I know you'll have no trouble. And for that moment, I'll let you think you've won my king, my type of thing. You'll have your fun. That is, until I'm done. You'll never hear me cry. One day you'll try, at which time I'll knock you down to size, and I will rise. Because the devil inside of me is bigger than you'll ever be. And I will sink my teeth in deep to give you something to keep. A memory, a scar, my branding from a time I don't want you mending. For my Lord, my love, my light, I am a new breed, a woman of new creed. Hi, Gio. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to It's Personal, the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited that I'm the person who gets to interview you for oh, the show. I am so excited to be doing this. And you know, I love <laughs> chatting with you about all these things. So. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so let's dive right into it, shall okay. we? Yes. I love when It's Personal storytelling pieces go outside of the normal <laughs> structure. Uh-huh. Uh, I try to encourage as many of our performers to kind of break the mold as possible. So I love that you did this. Would you call this lyric poetry? What what would you describe this as? Yeah, I guess I would just call it um, poetry or freestyle poetry because I know that it's, it's not super mm. structured. So <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, what inspired you to write it in this way? I have always found that when I'm feeling really not cloudy, but a little frazzled in my head and I can't understand what I'm feeling. I found that if I literally put pen to paper, words that come out, they tend to come out in rhymes Mm. and they tend to help me understand what I'm actually feeling. So it helps Mm. me process what I'm feeling. So I was, you know, when I'm so emotional, but I don't know what I'm really feeling, I will just let myself word vomit on a page and it really helps. Hmm. So, you, so you've written like this before? Yeah. This wasn't like a new experiment? No, I've written like this kind of my whole life since I was even oh, like wow. a little kid. It helped me figure out my emotions and just helped me process and helped me uh, come to terms with a lot of different, just, you know, coming of age things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love that. Thank you. This piece, it feels to me, it's really quite powerful. Thank I mean, you. it's filled with imagery. It feels like this really like powerful witness to death and rebirth and of like a mental rebirth of what men can do of how women's strength can be made stronger by the experience. I'm so glad you got all of that out of it because that's exactly what I was going for. (laughs) Okay cool that's what I was gonna ask was there did did I get that right and also like (laughs) what was the story underneath this what were you working through that inspired this? Yeah so I originally wrote this poem 2017 just the first like iteration of it and you know we had just gotten Trump as president, so that was one thing mm. that was going on. I was living in LA, but feeling very lost and confused and kind of left, you know, by society, as as millennials tend to feel. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I had gotten, my one of my exes had tried to reach out to me again after we had this 
you know, really hardcore relationship. Just, it was great, and then it wasn't great, and then we got out of it, and time goes on, and then this person comes out of the woodworks again, and I was just feeling like I was on the verge of a panic attack almost, mm. and I remember thinking, okay, what am I, what am I feeling? What does, what do I need right now? So I just started writing it on my phone in my hot car in LA, but waiting for a meeting. And these were the words that came out. And really it was a moment where it felt like my subconscious, my body was crying out to myself to choose me, to choose myself first. Wow. And that not just, not just from that relationship, but like when we think about, you know, what Trump does to not only women, but to our society and what materialism does to women and to society. And then that kind of dichotomy of faith and dogma. I grew up very Catholic, so I've always had Catholicism as the backdrop for a lot of my experiences. Mm -hmm. And for good, bad, or indifferent, that's just how I think. So I, I, I always want to make sure that I'm not being disrespectful, but that I am commentating on my own experience as a person of mm -hmm. faith. Right. You, you disrespectful toward the person or disrespectful towards your faith? Disrespectful towards my faith. Cause I, I, there's mm. all, for me, there's always been, you know, good. And of course there's in religion, we know there's some dark sides to it. And that's why I mm -hmm. think it's important to like reclaim it for myself to reclaim it in my own style or my own point yeah. of view. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I mean, that really makes sense why there's a talk about death and mm -hmm. rebirth and rising from the ashes. Mm -hmm. You talk at one point about being a new species, a new sex, a new breed. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit, that, that flip for you. Yeah, I think we have, I think as women, especially nowadays, we are starting to understand that how we've been portrayed in the past wasn't really us. And at this point where mm. we're coming from now is we're understanding and starting to come into our own power. And I think I see that in so many different mediums and so many different places. And then in my own life, from my own coming of age story, you know, I've seen that for myself in learning that I can claim my power. And that to me feels like a different a different breed of woman who is not a damsel in, in distress, but is also not anti this or anti that. We just really are resolute in who we are. And I think mm. more and more that's happening where we are really not just reclaiming, but remaking the image of the world and of uh, women in general. Yeah, I really love that. Um, I mean, you know, I, I host the Bitry of History, so I am all about uh, showing women uh, in a new light. Yeah. And it actually, it strikes me that one of the few times in your piece where it is your your point of view kind of switches from a personal point to really more of an outward point. That's call, you have this call to action. Um, and I wrote down the quote because I loved it. It said, uh, you said, the time has come that we realize we are his arrival Together, we rewrite the etchings in stone, forever changing what time has sown. Talk about that call of action. Why was it so important, not just to recognize that that time has come, but to, to have that call to action in there? Yeah, I think um, that was the moment where, like I said, when I write, I'm usually trying to figure out what I'm saying to myself. Mm -hmm. And that was a moment that I was, I felt like my body or my subconscious was telling myself that, it's time to understand and pick yourself and 
know that you hold the power. So um, what, what I kind of meant by that was that as women, we think that we have had this history and this time that has made us who we are. We always, and in religion, we always say we're waiting for the, the arrival of Christ and the, you know, these kinds of imagery that we have, we're waiting for him. And, I, and mm. I've always wondered, like, you know, it's so linear. So what, who is to say who's, who are we waiting for and why are we waiting for? What if it's us that we're waiting for? What if it was that we as women are the ones that are here to change things? Because every time you put a woman in power, every time that we do reclaim our own power, things really change and they, they rewrite what we've always known. So for me, that's, mm. it was a call to action to be different because when I'm different, things change <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, insanity is just simply doing the same thing over and over and hoping for a different, Amen. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something different, different outcome. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. It, it seems to me by the end of your piece, you are inviting further challenges. Like you almost relish the opportunity to use this newfound power. Am I feeling that right? Oh yes, I'm so glad you got that because that is what I felt like. I um, that the end of my relationship and what kind of spurred that the poem and you know all the things going on in in politics really shook me and shook my resolve. And mm. I was just I, I I didn't know if I could continue on and if I was strong enough. And then when I got that message or when, you know, when you see the women's march, when you see these things happening, um, you start to realize we, we work under pressure. Uh, good things, good people rise to the challenge. Good things happen when you choose yourself and when you put your trust and you, you invest in yourself. And I mean that in all the types of ways. And so it made me feel like not only could I take on anything, but nothing would ever shake my resolve again for myself. Mm, I love that. You are mm. spitting straight fire. <laughs> oh, um, thank you. <laughs> I love this. And and just from personally knowing you, I love seeing uh, seeing you be this empowered and happy with yourself. Thank you. Has this changed? Like now that you've written this and you said that you wrote this like right as Trump came into office, which mm -hmm. was, you know, a few years ago, we're already pretty far into the new administration. He's out of power. Do you think this piece would be different if you wrote it today? Do you think you would have written the same piece or would it be different? You know, I truly think I grew from writing this piece. Really? Yeah. I think this piece for me has set me on a new course because from that little seedling of like myself telling, like my subconscious telling me to choose myself or like mm. knowing that, you know, women can overcome and not just overcome, but be the new. It has made me want to do more on that path. I mean, that I think that, po that poem has really helped me heal from a lot of things, from this Trump administration, from uh, my past relationship that was so traumatic mm. to, to, to be honest <laughs> i mean if it if it uh if it inspired this it seems like it was a, <laughs> an experience yeah it was certainly an experience so but i healed <laughs> from it so much by being open and vocal about it that i i don't know where i would be if i if if all that hadn't happened and if this poem hadn't been written well, because um it really set me on a new path and i and i'm so grateful for that it sounded like it was really what you needed 
in the time that it was. Yeah, Yeah. it really was, yeah. Talking a little bit now less about substance, more about process, Mm -hmm. what was it like developing this piece? Was it the same when you got to rehearsal versus the end? How did it change a lot over the month of rehearsals? You know what? It did. And I think it was really awesome having the direction that you guys were really cool about giving because when you read it to yourself, you feel like, oh, everyone knows what I'm talking about. But when you Mm. read it out loud (laughs) and you get feedback and people are like, okay, well, you know, what are you trying to say here? What did you mean there? Don't forget the inflictions to get that across. I was like, oh, yeah, this piece moves. I didn't even, Mm. you know, I think I'm just sitting there saying words that rhyme. And then then, uh, the direction I got was like, you know, don't forget, like, who you're talking to and why you're saying Mm. it. And that for me made it much more animated. So it definitely, definitely evolved over just Mm. that month period where we were rehearsing it, which was great. I loved it. Do you have any, you know, for people who might not be, who might be new to this type of writing or who've never written in this style before, do you have advice or thoughts on, you know, how to either get started or what it's like to kind of process through this? Um, I always tell people, just write the first draft. Don't worry about how bad it is. After that, you read it. If it doesn't resonate, change it. You know, mm. I think I think mm-hmm. our hardest part is that we put too many rules on ourselves. And for the longest time, I never showed my poetry, like ever. And I think one of my girlfriends either found my notebook or I left it open. <laughs> I'm, I'm so forgetful, I might have <laughs> left it open. I don't know what it was, but... One of my girlfriends found it and kind of told me I should pursue something with it. So uh, my point of saying Mm. that is like, we are our harshest critics, so don't be your own Mm. critic. (laughs) Yeah. And share your work. Yeah. Share your work. Yeah. Art is meant to be shared. Agreed. It really is. And I'm I'm sad that I kept it hidden for, you know, how many ever years I did. (laughs) Yeah. This was your first It's Personal show, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was Bitches Get Personal, which of course is our w- women-only show. Right. Um, you've performed on stage before. Yeah, right? in... I, am, I have a degree in theater, so lots of yeah, performing. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> w- w- What was it like to be in an all-women show? Oh, man, I love that. And also... I think during COVID, uh, during I've been back home for a while, so mm-hmm. being out of the game of acting or just performing in general, it was so invigorating to to be performing. But then not only that, alongside of these pieces that were just amazing, I was crying, mm. I was laughing, I was just I felt like I got to know everyone. This was a very powerful uh, show. So powerful, and everyone's was so yeah. good. I was so impressed. I was like, I don't know if mine's gonna <laughs> hold up to everyone else's because they were just so genuine. They all resonated with me, so uh, that's what was so great about them. Do you feel like you were able to? maybe be more intimate or you were able to go places that you wouldn't have been able to if it had been a, a co-ed setting? I think, yeah, that's a really good point. I think when you facilitate a space for women to simply be, you'd be surprised what they explore mm-hmm. and what they emote in the best way mm-hmm. because there's something about we're still trying to break that barrier that mold whatever you want to call it where we can just fully be ourselves without apologizing and Mm. when you give a space like that we rise to the challenge amen yeah amen (laughs) i have usually found that women almost always rise to the challenge oh yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we ain't got no choice (laughs) (laughs) so 
my final question for you, um, and one of my favorite questions that we ask. So the last question that we end uh, that we ask in all of these podcasts is something that deals back with the theme of the show itself. And so for bitches get personal, um, I have been asking, what does the word bitch mean to you? Um, bitch to me. I just want to note that when I asked that question, you had you got such a huge smile on your face when I asked you that question. <laughs> it's so funny because I know this is so wrong, but bitch to me means we're best friends. It means we're homies. <laughs> so I love when my girlfriends and we That's call each other wrong. bitch. Yeah, my my like I grew up with my mom and her girlfriends call each other. They call each other bitch all the time because they have just they're just sisters. And so mm. I call all my friends that. So when other people call me that a bitch, it like I have to like be like, oh wait, that's a that's a derogatory term. Like that's a mean <laughs> term. Because at first I'm like, oh wait, oh wait, we're not friends. Wait, hold on, you shouldn't be calling me that. And I'm supposed to be. I think I'm supposed to be mad at that word. Wait a minute, I'm mad at you. Yeah, it's really like that. It's really like, wait a minute, I think I'm mad at you for saying that. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. And I love that you are like conditioned to just automatically think that bitch is a good term. Like that's, that's the whole reason we called the, the, the podcast, the bitchery of history, the bitchery of history. It's the reason why this show is called bitches get Mm -hmm. personal because we're trying to get people to where you are. So the fact (laughs) that you're there makes me really, really happy. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Gio, thank you so much, not only for sharing this really powerful piece, I, I thank you for, for being able to go there in a recorded setting and then also to talk with us, with me about it. I love it. On this Thanks podcast. so much for letting me chat your ear off about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I will see you. I'll see you soon. I mean, we talk, we see oh, yeah. each other every week. So uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Gio. Bye. It's Personal is a live storytelling show with a twist. You can find tickets to future shows in the 2021 season at itspersonalonstage.com or in the link in our Instagram bio at itspersonalonstage. While you're on our website, take a second to catch up with our blog. Sign up for a class or two. Invest in a membership and explore our store for the coolest merch in town. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.